0: Hi, I'm Will McHenry, the Program Associate at Ponar's Eurasia, and with us today is Juan Francois Ratiel, the Director of the Center on Governance at the University of Ottawa, who recently co-edited a volume published at Rutledge entitled Network Insurgencies and Foreign Fighters in Eurasia. Juan Francois, welcome and thank you for joining us for this Ponar's pod- podcast. Can you please talk about, foreign, uh, about Russian foreign fighters in Syria and Iraq? And what you see is their motivations and the risks of them returning to eurasia
1: yes uh with the collapse of the islamic state in raqqa we have been seeing several foreign fighters from russia from central asia slowly coming back from Syria and Iraq to Turkey, and also to Ukraine, Georgia. So there's a question, uh, what is the risk associated with the return of foreign fighters or Russian-speaking foreign fighters for the Eurasian region? What is the most important to focus on is most likely looking at the case of Ukraine because several fighters, uh, Russian-speaking fighters have been pushed away from Istanbul, what was act as their sanctuary in 2015, 2016. Um, a lot of them decided to travel to Kiev, Lvov, uh, to Odessa, and slowly start to organize as a way to Um, prepare, most likely, to return to Russia, to uh, reorganize the insurgency in the North Caucasus, but also terrorist network that could go to Moscow, St. Petersburg, and all across the Russian Federation. At the same time, we see Central Asian fighters that come back from Syria and Iraq going toward Egypt, as well as Afghanistan. Um, we see that the Islamic State in Afghanistan is slowly recruiting those Central Asian fighters who have already existing network with the Tajik and the Uzbek minorities. Um, recently, there was a counter-terrorist operation in Belisi in Georgia involving Ahmed Shatayev, uh, a known IS uh, associate, a terrorist that was uh, involved in activities in Istanbul, in the terrorist attack in the Istanbul airport. So we believe that we can slowly witnessing uh, a spillover of the returnees all across the Russian borders. So in Ukraine, in Georgia, potentially in Azerbaijan in the coming years or months, as well as in Afghanistan. Um, The question now is to evaluate the the potential danger on a short term. Uh, the status of the insurgency in the North Caucasus is rather depleted. Between 2013 2014, the Russians were able to launch a high value target assassinations program against the main leaders. For the remaining leaders, they left to Syria. So the insurgency in the North Caucasus collapsed. Um, so the, The foreign fighters might act as a way to jumpstart the insurgency in the North Caucasus, rebuilding networks, recruitment networks, insurgent activities, but in the short terms, we don't believe that this rebuilding will happen. It's probably a job that will require three to five or seven years to really rebuild the status of the insurgency, as we have seen early on in the 2000s during the Chechen wars. At the same time, we have been witnessing the development of a leaderless network of various terrorist cells all across Russia, leading to attacks in Surgut, um, as well as the subway attack in Saint Petersburg. These attacks are usually um, not very really sophisticated. They are used with variable weapons. Uh, they are connected ideologically inspired by the Islamic State, but at the same time, there's a limited connection between foreign recruiters and uh, terrorists inside of Russia. This might change with potential returns of uh, foreign fighters, but for the moment, the threat, the terrorist threat, remains rather low in Russia compared to other countries, most likely um, in the case of Turkey, but also in Western Europe.
0: Great. Fascinating. Juan Francois, thank you for joining us for this Ponar's podcast.
1: Thank you.